I'm Ashley. And I'm Alicia. And we are Murd Nerds. Hello. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for yet another Unsolved Case. If this is your first time with us, we are a weekly podcast where my co-host Alicia and I alternate covering unsolved or missing person cases and just odd goings-ons in our home state of Indiana. Goings-ons. Yes. As always, we are joined by our producer, editor, and now good friend, Jeremy. Hi. He recently started a podcast called Golden Image Podcast, so look them up wherever you listen and give them a listen. Sounds perfect. Do it. <laughs> Wait till the end of this episode, though. Yeah. And then yeah. go over. Listen, listen to this ours. first. Yeah. And then, yeah. Okay. Um, so are we are we doing a question this week, or are we just winging it? Do you want to do a question this week? I don't know. We can. We can do a question this week. So today's question is anonymous. Are you ready? What case do you feel you have most gone down the rabbit hole with? Now, do you, should, is this like any case? I was going to say, mine's definitely not a case that I've covered on the podcast yet. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because if it's just like a general case, it's the Eliza Lamb. Whoa, case. yes. Yeah, that one I've done the deepest digging I since get, the day I found out when I worked at the liquor store. I get like freaked out. I have to like stop because I, I live alone. Like I got scared yeah, just and that reading video. stuff Jeremy, about the elevator game and the like, what was it, like a tuberculosis um, vaccine? Like there's just. It was a tuberculosis outbreak. Yeah, it was just it's endless. Do you yeah, know? You, no, you have to fill me in. <gasps> you don't know you this don't case. Know about it. Oh my god! Are you guys going Jeremy. to cover this in a later episode? No, it's or? not in Indiana. Yeah, oh. it was. In, it's in uh, L.A. It is unsolved, though. It is unsolved. But it's not in the state of Indiana. No, it's, it's in the Cecil Hotel. Yep, the Cecil Hotel. The you, are you familiar with the Cecil Hotel? No, they never invited me out to play there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you wouldn't want to. It, oh. It's right along Skid Row. So oh, it's oh, I love that band. <laughs> oh my god, I hate you so much. <laughs> but it it's uh this girl, she was a Canadian student and that she was traveling through uh to Los Angeles and she was traveling alone and she had like a blog and like all this different stuff and she stayed at the Cecil Hotel, which is notorious for like drug addicts and heroin addicts and stuff to stay at plus there's skid row right there and it's got a really bad history with like um there was tuberculosis tuberculosis in the water or something and there was an outbreak and then there was like a bunch of suicides and murders and just like it's a really rough hotel but there's video footage of her um because she went missing at the hotel. Right. And there's video footage of her getting out of an elevator and she does like all these really weird hand motions. Like she's talking to somebody and like it looks inhuman. Like it looks terrifying. And then she yeah. gets back in the elevator and like puts her head out. I have seen that footage yeah. of her going in that elevator. It's wild. But then they couldn't find her. And then the the people that were staying at the hotel started saying that the water tasted funny and it looked funny. And they ended up finding her in the water the water like tank red, on the roof. Yeah. yeah. Yes. 
I sorry, I didn't know the name. I didn't know her name. I yeah, just didn't Eliza ring a bell. Lamb. Yeah. And then the test that they used for the water was like Lamb. Elisa yeah. or so it was crazy it was her name it had some like it was like numbers reversed. and letters yeah. and weird stuff like there's i don't know the whole case is just bizarre and just completely bonkers it and- really is and now i don't even know i don't even know which one i would say i have no idea <laughs> i can tell you mine i mean i know this yeah, really isn't a question yours. for no, me yeah. but mine was the 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 pelamers that was the yeah. one that i really really i don't know that i went down a complete rabbit hole but really got me thinking about gross. every yeah. everything that was involved with that one and that one's an indiana murder yeah Ooh. la Paz. is it unsolved uh no yes and no because you could you there's still a lot of speculation in whether it, it's it's really more known as what the prom night murders yeah Oh, oh, that yeah. just recently had some de- yeah. a development. Yeah, I remember reading about sun. that. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. There's a counterclock, a whole series on it. Yep. That's kind of like the Elisa Lamb one because I think I think um, they kind of believe that she was, or they, she was bipolar, right? She had some mental issues and she wasn't taking her medicine, so they think yeah. that she was maybe hallucinating. Yeah, but then I, th- I think about it. Back to the Eliza Lamb one. How the hell did she get inside the water tank? I mean, if the door was open. It was, the door was really small. They had to cut open. To get her out. To get her out. Magic. Oh, I don't like talking about this case. I know. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Well, I'm glad you answered, because I don't have an answer for that. Maybe I'll answer it next week. Okay. Is that cool? Yeah, Yeah, think on it. Yeah, let me think on it. Your rabbit hole case. Go through my Google search history. (laughs) That's a depressing read. (laughs) Okay, so this week's case is particularly sad um, as it involves a young adult who had a bright future ahead of him, um, but he was forced to harden himself after the loss of a friend. It is one of the cases that, like I mentioned before, my sister Brittany presented to me in recent weeks. And I don't know, there's just something about like his picture. I just felt compelled to like... Tell his story, his smile. It just felt like so warm. I could just like feel that he was like a happy, like a good person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's sad. So this week I will be talking about the death of Caleb Luckett. My sources are an article for NBC News written by Andrea Cavalier. MasonBrothersFuneralServices.com an article by Richard Guti for the Evansville Courier, Courier and Press, um, an investigative story by Phoenix Fire Dean. Have you ever heard of John Lorden and Brain Scratch? I've used him before in a couple episodes. He, his YouTube channel is really good, and he's got a lot of different like shows that he does. I'm pretty sure he probably does a podcast. Really? Yeah. He's definitely worth checking out. Hmm. So... On Christmas Day in 2016, Caleb Luckett was killed by a single gunshot wound to his head in the Parkside Terrace Apartments in Evansville, Indiana. He was found the next day in a vacant apartment and was pronounced dead at the scene. Police have struggled to solve this case for over five years. Will Caleb and his family ever have justice? Police are doubtful. Oh, no. Yes. 
So that week, Caleb's family had planned on meeting for a Christmas celebration in the days following Christmas. Overtime hours had been worked and money had been saved just to make Christmas extra special this year. That year, I should say. On December 24th, Caleb had spoken to his mother, Jennifer, to confirm these plans. And that was the last time that she got to hear her baby boy's voice. Caleb was hanging out with some of his friends at Parkside Terrace. The apartments have since been renamed to the Woodland Park Apartments. And I have seen countless petitions to clean up this area. And some even go as far as wanting to tear the complex down. There are many violent happenings reported here. One being the shooting of Devante Gaines. He was just 17 when he lived in the apartment complex and was shot and killed there. He was one of Caleb Luckett's good friends, as I saw many posts on his Facebook page mentioning Devante Gaines. Also, I read a few things with the words, quote, Debbie Gang, which I assume was, quote, formed after Gaines's death, because Debbie seems to be short for Devante. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe this to be like a violent gang. I think it's more of a coping mechanism for these kids after they lost their friend. Was there probably some anger involved? Yeah. Undoubtedly, I'm sure there was. But it felt to me like something to show that they were united and that they had each other's backs. Mm-hmm. So in any case, uh, many locals recognize the lack of affordable housing in the area and worry about the children who are forced to live in these violent hotspots simply because it's all that their parents can afford. Yeah. On December 26th, a maintenance worker doing some routine work had noticed that a vacant apartment's door was ajar. So this was obviously a little weird, and he walked into the apartment to check it out, make sure there weren't any squatters, animals, or anything like that going on. Um, To his surprise, he found poor Caleb's body. Can you imagine? I cannot. It was was on a Monday, too. It was Monday morning. Probably the first thing he did. Yeah, and he stumbled upon... Yeah. So anyway, he immediately contacted the police. So with all of the chaos at the apartment... People were hearing, you know, hey, they found a body. It was just like kind of moving through the complex. One of Caleb's friends called Caleb's mother and told her what was going on and that Caleb had been there the previous day. That friend had a terrible feeling that the body could be Caleb's. His mother jumped into her car and drove to the apartments where Caleb was later identified. The police got a report for shots fired around 2.20 p.m. on Christmas Day. But it seems that no one in the complex heard or reported anything. So I'm not sure where that call actually came from. That's suspicious. Some weird stuff. Some weird stuff. Now, the common halls in the complex did have cameras. And I also read that they did capture someone coming out of the apartment around that time. But I don't... I couldn't find the footage, so I don't think it's been, like, released. Released, And... I didn't find anything about the cops being able to identify this person or track them down or anything like that. So That's shocking. You'd think that they would screen capture it and then... And send it out for everyone to see. Yeah, like, if do you recognize this person? Mm-hmm. According to the Justice for Caleb Luckett Facebook page, the police were calling this a cold case by April 1st of 2017. That is just three months after he was killed. Wait, April? Yeah, four months, right? January, February, March. Yeah. But it was April 1st. So that doesn't yeah, but it happened Christmas Day. Yeah, the end of the month. Yeah. I'm calling it three. 
So, Caleb Delmar Deshay Luckett was born on July 10th, 1998, to Stephen Luckett Sr. and Jennifer Schwartz. Caleb was a bright young man with a positive future ahead of him. He was a great student, and he had recently graduated early from high school, or from William Henry Harrison High School, with plans to attend college. He was described as having a big heart and a beautiful smile. Caleb loved to cook and bake, and he was very close with his nieces and nephews. Not to say that Caleb did not have his troubles, but he carried himself in a playful manner that shed positivity and light on those around him. He could always make anyone laugh and was always laughing himself. Caleb left behind six brothers and sisters. Oh, no. Yes. John Lorden from the Brain Scratch um, YouTube page found a page called Custom Inc. that held some sort of fundraiser to help raise funeral expenses. And Caleb's mother wrote on this page, he was a beautiful soul and also he always kept it real and was never fake. With the kind heart of those, we were able to raise exactly enough donations to hold a funeral for my baby boy. I know. And his aunt Nancy told Dateline, every year we relive this heartache. My nephew had so much life ahead of him and it was all taken from him in an instant. So John Lorden, he read like the whole excerpt that uh, Caleb's mother wrote on this page. And he he's so he's so sincere in his videos. Like you can tell it was just refreshing. He read all that and he like made a note to say, I'm reading this entire thing because I really think we need to recognize the pain that the family goes through and we need to, you know, make note of that and realize that this is a person who is feeling these things and still feels them and will feel them forever. Like it just felt like that was worth mentioning his sincerity. You can't fake that. He really cares. And he does a lot of really good research. He does deep dives. He has tons of cases he covers and I just, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. John Lorden. He's got more than one show, but yeah, brain scratch. No, yeah. Scratch. Oh, yes. My bad. And yeah, it's on YouTube. So, so many believe that this was gang related. I did find a photo on Caleb's Facebook page, his personal page, where he it said that it was like a, almost like spray painted, but I think it was done on a computer, and it said Debbie Gang, and it looked like him holding two guns to the camera. Ooh. This would explain, like, the lack of tips because in gang situations it tends to be, like, street justice rather than law justice. And Mm -hmm. the people involved tend to not talk out of affiliation or just pure fear. But I want to make it very clear. I do not think that Caleb was involved in any gang activity. There is no evidence of that. And from all accounts, he was a loving kid. But that does not mean that he didn't hang out in groups that were involved in gang activity or come across someone who was or is involved in gang activity. Mm -hmm. So the family feels that Caleb's death was brushed under the rug and that he has been given a bad name because he was, like, young and posting dumb shit on Facebook, you know? Yeah. I mean, look at our Facebook from when we were 18. Stupid. You know, and not that his was stupid. Jeremy shook his head like, yeah, I know. (laughs) And then I thought, I didn't have a Facebook when I was 18. (laughs) Yeah, you're lucky. Um, To the family... The police seem to just label him as a bad kid and give up pretty early in the investigation. 
And that's just not, that's not justice. That's not how it should work. I saw a post where Detective Hall was referring to the case in like past tense in 2019, making it pretty clear that there's no investigation going on. Now, at that time, he was either retired or in the process of retiring. But I just feel like he could have said, you know, oh, with new eyes and new leadership, maybe new leads will follow. But, you know, he was just very negative. Like He made it very clear it wouldn't be solved. He even said some cases just don't get solved. That is so gross. Yeah. Like, why would you say that? How are you supposed to like? And that was only three. Bring years. morale to it. Yeah, not even three years after it happened. Oh my god, that is so unprofessional. Well, yeah. uh, I'm not sticking up for him. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, he should be more forthgoing, and, and it is a it is a murder case. Half but of you, their job is just p- public. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, you're talking about an old cop who's probably seen more of this shit than he knows what to do with, and yeah. it's just another. He didn't, look, Another, he didn't look that old. Well, you said he was retiring, though, right? Yeah, but he didn't look that old. Right on. But yeah, you're right. I, I, just, I was going with that. Sorry. Yeah. That's why he was retiring. No, you're fine. Maybe he had enough. Good, yeah. I mean, like bedside manner is the only thing yeah. I can. Exactly. No, you're exactly but right. I would assume that a lot of the, the cops who have been around a lot of that stuff are probably pretty bitter and pretty Yeah, I could negative. see how that would. I'm not sticking up for him. I, oh, I'm no, totally I not sticking mean. up for him. I'm just throwing out there as a devil's advocate and something like no, that. No, so. no. And you're right. I mean, yeah, it's just like – and that is a, a a harsh truth is that some cases don't get solved. Right. And – but for it's just – yeah, it's just too early for that. And You got a cold – you got a case that went cold in three months. Yeah. That, you know, sorry, they were quote, calling it yeah, cold. Quote, cold in three months. That, yeah. that means that there was never there was never any heat on it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're, no fine. you're fine. We like your input. We do. It's just like heartbreaking knowing that if this were like a young white girl who had been shot and left in the apartment, the outcry and effort from the public and police would have been tenfold. Mm-hmm. And even if she was a troubled kid who hung out with gangs, you know, and that's not even proven that yeah. Caleb was doing that. But if it, you know, it's just weird if the tables were turned. I truly believe that a lot of why cases get solved the way they do is from public outcry. Mm-hmm. And because, yeah. yeah, we have the power. I mean, we make. Yep. Make them make moves. Yeah. yeah. Police are public servants. So they mm-hmm. and detectives are public servants. So if the public wants something to happen, they have to push that into the directions they want them to go. Yeah. I mean, the the sheriffs or the heads of the departments get voted in. So yep. they have to allocate their resources. Yeah. And you guys, there's no other option either. You have to push the push the police department to actually go investigate this because you can't investigate it on your own. Because I've noticed that a lot of these cases that are that are old and unsolved are still quote unquote open, so the information is not allowed out into yep, the public. Correct. So you can't have access to see some of the things that they have may have found, or you even know, if they're not actively that, working on yeah, it, it's yeah, something that might connect something that maybe they didn't see that you might. You know, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, these kids are a product of their environment. No matter how protective their parents are, how well they do in school. Or how hard they try to stay away from dangerous situations. They live in this environment. Parents and schools can only do so much. 
There is an underground that no one speaks of, but these kids are seeing it every single day, especially those who are losing friends to gun violence. They don't really have much of a choice but to get tough and to protect themselves. Could it have been just like a drug deal gone wrong? Because it's like, how did he, why was he in a vacant apartment in the first place? So, like, was he lured in there? Was he, like, purchasing some pot and something went wrong? Maybe, like, he's like, hey, I want this much. He didn't have the, like, the proper amount of money. Like, he didn't have enough money. Or maybe the dealer's shit was swag and he was like, this, I don't want to buy this. You know what I mean? I haven't heard that term in a really long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. I don't know why it just came into my head. (laughs) Jeremy? Are you confused? Actually, I'm just trying to figure out why he was in the apartment. Yeah. Honestly. Well, how did he get in there? Like, how? Well, I you mean, that's the locked. question. You just, you, you, you had a couple different ideas there. I mean, did he go in because he was buying drugs? Uh, I th- was it some, some, I mean, honestly, I mean, was it some sort of sexual situation? Was there something going on there where he was, didn't have any money and you go to a private room to oh, maybe do something like that. that you know to help pay for the drugs no but how did obviously they get into it? you'd think it'd be locked it's vacant and probably waiting for yeah the but just yeah, jam but a vacant apartment door i don't think would be too hard i wouldn't think so and we're yeah. talking we're not talking about the probably the the hilton or anything here we're probably talking about a hilton apartments the hilton apartments <laughs> we're probably talking about some yeah really i saw some pictures and they looked really bad like you know how apartment complexes have like the door, and then they'll have two like big windows next to the on either side of the door. Yes. One of those windows was just shattered. Yeah. Oh my god! And it's like fix that shit. I mean, this is what I this is what I'm envisioning as you tell as you tell this tale. There was like, like screens, just like there was a screen in the yard. There was a huge hole in the parking lot that was like filled with water. That's horrible. That's yeah. the pool. <laughs> That's the pool. <laughs> That's the jacuzzi. You'd think there'd be some kind of standard that they are forced, like. Well, I mean, if they're privately owned, I mean, still, I they mean, don't call them slumlords for nothing. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's true. And that's what I envision. Landlords can get away with a lot. A lot of just bad neighborhood, and they're just kind of hanging out. I mean, I know that's really sad to say, and that's what I'm thinking, but. Yeah. I mean, who knows what? You know, maybe that door wasn't locked. Yeah. It might not have been. It might not have been. Who knows? So. So it also could have just been that he was arguing with the wrong person, a person who had a gun and who wasn't afraid to use it, whether it be someone he knew or someone he just happened to run into in, you know, the halls of the complex. Detective Campbell told Dateline that he doesn't know why Caleb was in the apartment and he doesn't know if Caleb knew his killer or killers. And I do believe that Detective Campbell is the current lead detective on the case because I well I didn't find anything actually like stating that but the Dateline article was from December of 2020 oh so and I know in 2019 was when Detective Hall had retired so I'm assuming Detective Campbell is you know so that is literally all the information I found. Aside from, I didn't get to watch the whole brain scratch video. I really should have gotten back on that. But for there to just be more leads in the case, the person doesn't need to, the person who can give a tip to the cops 
doesn't need to know the information out of that video is kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Not that I was like trying to slack on research. It was just like I'm give, get, putting the facts out there. And now at this point, I'm just digging to make my story longer, mm-hmm. which seemed silly to do. Now, did they find the person that killed Debbie? Yes, they did. They prosecuted, I can't remember his name. Again, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole, which actually with this shorter episode, I probably could have a little bit. Um, but yeah, someone was prosecuted Okay, for... Well, that's good. And when I think of like this Debbie gang thing, I think of like, remember Taylor gang? That's what I okay. think of. Like it's this lifestyle or like you're promoting something it's not necessarily like a street gang or yeah like no a, yeah yeah so exactly. i don't think it was an actual gang and he was an actual gang member no I think it, was it was like a lifestyle thing. Out, yeah but you did say that they had pictures of him with that with the debbie gang emblem where he was holding guns were they real guns was it him i, I don't i mean i i'm assuming it was but i'm just saying we don't know anything about that photograph yeah and he was probably 17 when he took that so i don't know i just i don't know you see there's all kinds of kids with pictures with guns and just because there's dead animals in the picture it's like oh okay they're you know i don't know yeah i know what you mean it's all a ploy to look cool sometimes yeah that's like what i think it is exactly like i said they they put on that persona to try to protect themselves basically right. i think so that's too bad i know that's really too bad it is so i can close out with some comments unless you guys are with some quotes unless you guys have anything else you want to add yeah there's not a ton to really go on I, I know. The, the the bacon apartment is kind of i think maybe the kind of the key to that whole thing is yeah. why was he why was he in there was he shot and then just drug up there to kind of hide that's another thing that was really unclear was was he killed in that apartment or was he placed there after he was killed that was i couldn't find that answer so i think about like how even though i I think a lot of the key to figuring things out is motive Mm -hmm. like you don't necessarily have to have a suspect but you need to figure out motive and a lot of these unsolved cases there's no motive yeah well especially among these young people like i would assume that his his killer is probably around his age as well mm-hmm. and was probably probably knows his group of friends and it's just what kind of motive would one 18 year old have to kill another 18 year old not one that's going to make any sense that's for sure so I agree with you. Maybe it was uh, one of those gang-related, you know, somebody had to get into the gang and they had to kill somebody, and that just happened to be yeah, wrong the place, wrong, wrong person. Yeah, exactly. Or considering he was a nice person to everybody, he was an easier target. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that could be too. Of course. Who's yes. going to shoot like, somebody that wants to fight back? I didn't actually find any reports of, like, any gang activity there. I just know that it was a little bit of a rougher complex, apartment complex, and there was some violence that happened. Nothing was actually nothing was actually mentioned about gangs. I and just that's think fair. it's an, 
that's fair because we've kind of just kind of assumed because of the 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 Debbie gang. Yeah, well, and I mean that's just the direction that the cops took it. That's right. just that's just been the focus of this whole his whole story, and it's just really unfortunate because I think that's it. They're like, what do they get? They get um, when they focus on one thing, and so they ignore everything else. Tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Yep, that word. Now you said he was planning on going to college. Any idea on what he was? No. Going for? I would assume, and this is, I shouldn't even assume this, but kind of sounded like maybe culinary arts interested him. Nice. So I do, I do have another question for you. The friend who called the mom. I know, kind of weird, right? I just, uh, yeah, it struck me a little odd when you first said that. It's like, oh, well, your son might be up in that apartment. Yeah, I would imagine. Again, didn't find anything about it. Right. But I would imagine that the police explored that, you know, that person who contacted his mom. I think that it was like a close friend of his. I know that doesn't really matter in a case like this. You know, close friends kill close friends all the time. Oh, my. (laughs) But I don't know. It just it, it felt not... It felt weird, but it didn't feel significant, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. Yeah, it just seemed like I'm a passing thought. Oh, well, they called his mom and said, hey. Yeah, because I did that, too. I, I said the same thing. I was like, well, that's weird. Why did they think it was him? Why would they think that? Right. But I don't know if maybe <clears throat> they were partying. And they might have been hanging out in that vacant apartment, all the kids. They might have been partying there. And then they went back to their friend's place, and Caleb wasn't with them anymore. And then they hear, oh, they found a dead body in this vacant apartment. Oh, my God, we were partying there last night. Like, where's Caleb? Holy shit, let's call his mom. Right. I do want to close out with a quote from Detective Campbell, who, like I said, I believe to be the current detective. He said, my heart goes out to Caleb's family and friends. I can't imagine what it's been like for them and what they've had to go through. I hope to catch Caleb's killer, but I recognize that it is not something I can do alone. I need the help of the community. Someone knows the truth about what happened that Christmas. We just need to talk. So if you or anyone you know has any information on Caleb's case that you think would be helpful to the police, please call the Evansville Police Tip Line at 812-435-6194. Or as always, call Indiana Crime Stoppers at 317-262-8477. To view information and case files about this story and other stories that we cover, feel free to check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And while you're there, give us a quick follow. We are available anywhere that you enjoy listening to podcasts, so make sure to share our podcast. I know you guys are sick of hearing this, but please go ahead and give us a follow on Spotify and Apple and give us a rate and review. This helps us when it comes to getting ads and ratings in the charts. It's quick, it's free, and it's easy. So it's a good way to help support the podcast. Just do it completely free. Mm-hmm. And feel free to search for our partners, Golden Image Podcast. That's us. And give them a listen. They also have social media, so be sure to follow them for more information on their upcoming episodes. And that's it. Until next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.